2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, I'm not doing well, <laughs> Shad. Uh, I'm sorry to hear under, that.
3: I feel under the weather. I'm not sure if it's a cold or allergies uh, or something worse. I don't have a fever, so that's there's that. But I don't know. I don't feel great. I'm glad but you're I'm, still here with us. Yeah, I'm sucking it up. I'm uh, soldiering on <laughs> so we can uh, have a three-man crew here for the, the show. Brad, how are you?
0: Uh, I'm doing well. I think I think Matt has sounded worse for this podcast before. Oh, I'm know? sure
2: I have. I think so. Yeah. I think that's the case. So, All right. Well, we want to say thank you, everybody out there, for being with us for this episode. We're going to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to... Collar and Elbow with the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That is the number four, capital C and Corners, capital PM podcast, to save 10% off your order. Are the shout-out means? Matt, are you up for it? Yeah, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Um You know, guys, I heard
3: Orlando Cologne has actually uh, gone missing. Gone missing? Yes, yeah, so he's gone missing. and uh, But there's a, a guy that's uh, popped up, looks just like him. Oh, really? Uh, goes, by his, goes by his brother, Ozekiel. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh,
0: God. The long-lost a... um, Cologne brother.
3: <laughs> yes. Why can't the Colognes be like the Deadlies where there's, like, 50 of them?
0: Because um, <laughs> I don't think Mama Cologne was a whore like Mama Dudley. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite promos, and I don't even remember who did it, and I can't find it, where it's like, it's like I see, like, white... Dudleys, black Dudleys, like Indian Dudleys. I just think Mama Dudley was a whore.
2: Yeah. See, I thought the story was that it was Papa Dudley was the one that got around, but.
0: Well, I think so. It's but still but, a good I mean, promo. you're not going to insult Papa Dudley in a promo because that's not going to hurt as bad.
2: Willie Loman Dudley. That's what. Really, the the fact there was a Death of the Salesman reference in ECW just kills me every time.
0: There were so many though, because I don't think people remember there was like dances with Dudley and like I think there was Mm Dudley Dudley.
2: There was, and there was uh, Big
0: Dick Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that as it turns out is not actually a segue. It's just commentary on. A how really many, how weird deadlies
0: were popped out into the world?
2: <laughs> but uh, tonight we're kind of having a little bit of a relaxed episode, and we're we're venturing off the wrestling path a little bit, you know, just for some fun and to change it up every now and then. So tonight, um, you know, we've ranked games before. Uh, we've um, we've you know ranked all kinds of stuff, but one thing we had never touched on was uh tv shows series seasons all that kind of good stuff so we thought we might dig in a little bit tonight isn't that right guys
1: Mm-hmm.
2: okay <laughs> uh, did i not come across no, no you did it's just i got i got one small affirmation i was like okay, okay. better pick back up sorry um, with me being under the weather i'm a
3: little uh as as politicians have said i'm a little low energy tonight so it's all right <laughs> you have to bear
2: with me I understand. Um, so, what uh, what we're gonna do is, I believe we were doing our top five, and then if you had any honorable mentions you wanted to put on, and I don't know if you guys had any, um, if you had any restrictions on how you made your list, or if you had uh, certain guidelines you needed to use. I did for mine. Uh, for me, for it to go on my list, I had that it had to actually get to have a finale you know it, it didn't get cut off right in the middle of a story arc or something like that and so the ones that you will find on my top five list have full arcs and sure they'll they'll drag here or there like any show that goes on long enough to do that does but the other thing is I myself said that they couldn't be from the same continuity so i could not have i'm trying to think of the an example that that doesn't spoil something on my list but it would be like i'm not going to mention it would be similar to like putting two star wars movies on the list or you it's don't not put like
0: tng and ds9 on your list
2: Right, right. It, it would only be one from a given continuity. So that that was my restriction, but that was just on me. I don't know if you guys had anything like that or not.
0: I I chose between T and G and DS9. That's... So um, so I kind of did the same thing, I guess.
2: What were you gonna say,
3: Matt? I I. I generally kind of did follow that. Um, although I didn't, I didn't limit myself to just genre. I thought about that. Cause actually like limiting the number of shows that I just adore or am a big fan of, like I could really, I could talk for like an hour and, and rattle off like 50 shows. Right. So uh, I thought about like, well, do I just pick like a show from a genre and then run with that? But it's like, no, I'll just go with some of my favorites. So that's kind of what I did. But I did, I did kind of follow your metric where it's like i didn't if we're talking star trek i didn't go like well my favorites are uh next generation and D- deep space nine and, and this it's like no i, I just limited it to it's like one of like you said a continuity okay
0: i also strongly avoided things we have talked about in depth <clears throat> minus one because it's too <laughs> it's too high up my mount Rushmore more to leave off but like like things like batman tas and um, things like that, I avoided.
1: Mm.
2: I
0: avoided sh- mm. on my list.
2: I know we have talked about some stuff that I have on my list, and we weren't. I just wasn't going to go back in depth on it again. But I was just saying, you know, if it's on the list, it's on the list for a reason. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it.
0: But, like my uh, Star Trek, I justified saying we talked about all of Star Trek, so we only touched on each episode and some other sci-fi stuff. Oh okay. Of, but like. Batman TAS, we've talked about probably, I'd say, Quite a seven bit. or eight times like over the years.
2: <laughs> sure. So, um, who would like to start us off with their first pick? Anybody?
0: Oh, okay.
2: At the bit? Go for it, Brad. Okay, so my well, list Well, Are is... yours in any particular order?
0: No, because my favorite show is the first one I'm actually going to list. So, okay. um, my first one will be Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, that's
2: ah, a
3: that's, that's a good pick. I didn't even think about that now, one
0: not the not the Netflix revival I do not care for that because they talk too much. Okay. Um, they don't shut the fuck up in the theater, which is not good. And, so
2: which um, uh which host do you prefer Brad? Mike. Mike.
0: So that's, really? that's the other reason that's the other reason I don't like the new show is because um if you watch your riff tracks, riff tracks feels like mystery science theater 3000 without um without the movie theater stuff because most of, like, what <clears throat> makes Mystery Science Theater 3000 is um, is Mike's writing. Like, mm-hmm. the pacing, the um, the way they approach, like, the comedy and stuff. But so, when I was younger, I, like, I, I saw more Joel early on because I think... When I was a heavy watcher, they were just in, like, seasons, like, four, five, and six. So there was only, like, a season and a half of Mike. So I always kind of liked Joel better, but there's something... Like, Joel's always kind of doing, kind of like Mr. Wizardy, like, hey, kids, (laughs) like, let's do this fun thing. Whereas, like, Mike's more a problem, like, the bots are. (laughs)
2: Okay. All right. That's fair.
0: And um, I just kind of prefer, I've grown to prefer him as I've gotten older. I see. Like, I think there's just, and especially, like, I think because, like, a lot of my favorite episodes are Mike episodes, and, like, the movie. Mm-hmm. If I did, like, a top ten, the movie would probably be, like, in, like, the four to six range if I was to treat it like an episode, which is also Mike.
2: Do you have a favorite episode of MST3K?
0: Um, Probably Gamera vs. Ghirin or <laughs> um, Manos, The Hands of Fate.
2: I kind of wondered if Manos was going to pop up or not. That
0: movie's just so awful. And then my uh... favorite... Like My favorite combination of Mads is, is obviously Forrester and um, TV's Frank.
2: Okay. Yes. I, I've not gotten to watch as much MST3K as I would probably enjoy, and it's not out of anything malicious. It's just one of those things that – I don't know. It never hits a priority spot for me.
0: So you're in but... luck. It's literally the entire show is on YouTube, and they the, oh, the creators wow. don't care. So their philosophy has always been, um, bootlegging is fine. Like they used to say, I think share the tapes or whatever. Um, really. At the end of the shows, and so their philosophy, even going into the digital age, has been, hey, if it's on DVD, we would prefer, like if it's if it's on DVD or you can get it legally. Um, do not share it. But if it's not, like, just, you can tour in it, you can do everything, and his stuff has gone out of print, they've been, um, okay with it too. But like, um, YouTube has everything. They even have all the episodes when they were just a public access show on, um, KTMA in Minnesota.
2: Wow. That's now, pretty impressive.
0: Now, the other thing that's hilarious, though, is I've gotten older, and this is going to tie into wrestling. So, they make, a lot of wrestling jokes on okay. MST three K and I didn't realize that until I was an adult. But this was like the these guys grew up in the seventies and the eighties in Minnesota, so they're all everything is all AWA jokes. Okay. It's all based on the AWA. Like they've made um like they make mean gene jokes. I think they've made like Crusher <laughs> jokes. Like but it's all AWA. It's hilarious. Gotcha. Because that's what they, that's what wrestling was to them. Because that's like they're like bygone from like the territory day, So even though WWF was popular, those guys watched AWA.
1: It's
2: mm-hmm. funny because I have not gotten to watch a lot of it, like I said. But the things I have watched, I don't think are moments that anybody else like registered for them. But they cracked me up with their delivery. Um, I don't even know what what movie they were watching, but there's one where. This guy and this, uh, I'm presuming, teenage boy go into a, a cabin, and they're looking around. And all of a sudden, the kid just goes, "Food!" and they, he and they start laughing when he does that. And then later, he goes, "Hey, look over here! Look what I found." He goes, "Well, what is it? Is it more food?" And for five minutes or so, they just kept commenting about whether or not it was food. And I, you know, it cracked me up. I. I I don't think that I've ever seen anybody else reference it, but it was still so funny to me.
0: I think my favorite is from Gamma vs. Gallus. So they, it's like Gallus is like this giant vampire bat thing. It's a kaiju. Okay. Movie. And they, yeah. they lure it with a fountain of blood and it starts drinking out of it. And then they start having this platform spin for reasons. And then Tom Servo <laughs> is like, it's like, man, it's like either I'm spinning or this is some really good blood. <laughs>
2: which uh, which episode was the good old they he tried to kill me with a forklift?
0: Oh, what is that? I don't I don't remember the exact one of that.
2: Okay, fair enough.
0: And my other favorite is from the movie, like, so that's the silent earth and he's crashing like the UFO. And yeah. I think it's Crow's like, okay, let's see how many times I can skip this thing because he's crashing into the ocean.
2: <laughs> that's a good gag.
0: But yeah, that's that's probably my favorite show of all time. It's the first thing I ever like obsessively taped because there was a summer. I think it was the summer. I think it was '95 because I think um that was the year Batman Forever came out. They did through the whole summer. They had the fans vote and they did a top 50 countdown at midnight every night, and I would tape it oh, every wow. every night. So. I had at one point I think I had almost every episode on VHS minus like a couple of, like season one you couldn't get for a long time so I had like I think I had like almost all of them for a while. Mhm. So um yeah.
2: I I have not watched much MST3K but I have really enjoyed Netflix. Um the Netflix for um. Uh, the Matrix is one of the best viewing experiences I've ever had. But on the other hand, the not not Netflix, Rift Tracks. Yeah. I, I loved Rift Tracks. The the Rift Tracks for The Matrix is one of my best viewing experiences ever. But I'll be honest, even with the Rift Track, I could not make it through Phantom Menace again.
0: So um, I was just,
2: I was I was out.
0: Riff Tracks is Mike, and then um I think Kevin Murphy, who was Tom Servo, and then Bill Corbett, that was the second Crow for the sci-fi era. Mm-hmm. So um that would be true to the experience, but it's also Mike writing who wrote the show. So Riff Tracks feels exactly like MST3K, like exactly like it. Um, it if is you watch,
2: amazing fun.
0: If you watch stuff like Cinematic Titanic, which is like, Some of the original cast doing stuff, it doesn't feel the same because Mike's not writing it. And so that was like when they when they brought the show back, I was like, okay, well, who's writing it? And it wasn't Mike. And I'm like, no, Mike, like, no, no watchy, because to me, like (laughs) he's the heart and soul of it, like with his writing, because even if you Mm -hmm. watch like the early stuff before he's on staff, like it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right. Like the pacing's wrong, like the style of humor is wrong. It's just he's everything to the show, writing on. Just,
1: just
2: doesn't hit quite the same. Yeah, that's fair. I, uh, I watched
3: a bunch when I was younger, like when it was actually on like Comedy Central, um, and I, I didn't watch as much when it ended and it came on to like the, to Netflix and things like that. I haven't really kept up with it, and I've seen none of the most recent stuff they brought it back which to me it's like i kind of feel like brad it's like i don't know if this i don't know if i would consider this like true i don't ms yeah mst3k i know
0: they're involved with it and they push it but like they talk too much because they're afraid to be quiet yeah they think the audience is going to lose interest but but like i said if you go on youtube and look up mst3k episodes like best brains inc has put a lot of them out there but there's Mm -hmm. just lists that have like all the shows because because you're allowed to post it on youtube and they won't copyright strike you
2: wow that's really cool i i appreciate their their approach then if it's if it's not available for purchase then they say you know then it's available for sharing i I really do appreciate that
0: Well, because some of the stuff they did like gamera and godzilla they had trouble putting that stuff back out because they got godzilla when the license meant dick and then the license got really expensive and then they had trouble yeah, putting that back out and like they had to wait for like the guy that had the rights to Gamora in the united states for a long time was pissed at them and wouldn't let them have the rights <laughs> and they had to wait until the rights shifted to someone else to put the episodes <clears throat> back out for wow. DVD.
3: okay <laughs> isn't that the one that was like the the catchy jingle Gamera is really neat. Gamera is full of meat. Yes. We are eating. We are eating Gamora.
0: <laughs> yes. That also has one of my favorite ones because that's from Gamora vs. Garen, so that's my favorite episode. And um, this cop is chastising them, and like they sit like at the bottom of the screen. So sometimes they do weird stuff, but like this girl's like kind of half off screen and in this cop's like chastising them, and Crow's just turning to her. He's like shame, 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 like the whole time. It's hilarious. <laughs> and so, but Garen is like a giant. He's a giant, like, four-legged creature with a huge nose. Like, that's a knife. So they just have, like, a time with that, like, the whole time. Like, they just rip on it.
2: All right. Well, that's a good choice, Brad. And and now that I know it's on uh, on YouTube, I'll try and, and, you know, get that ball rolling a bit. Uh, Matt, do you have one you'd like to throw out?
3: Uh, like I said, I have, like, a bunch of shows that could go in this, um, uh-huh. but since Bradshaw is like a comedy, uh, like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't hold myself to like just one genre. I, I, I kind of wanted to have like a mix, and I'll go with one that I, I like is a in the comedy genre. Well, actually, mm-hmm. there's one I'm gonna pick later that could be considered in the comedy genre, but um, I'm gonna go with one that I think. Let me think. Should I choose this one? Uh, I'll, you know what? I'll choose it just because. I don't wanna to do too much of one later on. So uh it's a it's actually from Comedy Central. It's not a, it didn't originate with Comedy Central, but Comedy Central syndicated it mm-hmm. um in the nineties. Uh I think maybe it started in like the late eighties and then ran <laughs> um ran into like the nineties originally on HBO. Uh and also with the C B C it's a
0: would Canadian it, would it have Booker T's theme music and a skit? Yeah. In it? <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, there was a movie too. I don't. Re- I don't think I've seen the movie though.
3: I saw the movie years ago, and I remember liking it. But I, if you asked me, like the plot of it, I, I couldn't quite tell you. It's you been. Mean, it's been literally like, like ten plus years since you, I've seen you the movie.
0: You know what I still remember, and I think was a brilliant series finale. Is they do the series finale, and the end credits is them all laying in graves and getting buried alive.
3: Mm-hmm. And then uh, Scott Bellini, uh, who is like a long-time running joke, is like a big fat uh, naked dude wearing a towel. Like he walks over their graves and like dances on it, and he goes, Oh, so glad that's over." Because he would he would pop up uh, in his towel uh, throughout the show, um, many episodes of the show. He just he'd be like a this running <laughs> sight gag.
0: I also uh, liked. Um the the skit where the guy that would like crush people's heads like got his fingers oh, broken yes. and it's like him retraining <laughs> his fingers to do it. <laughs> uh,
3: we are of course uh, referring to Kids in the Hall. Kids oh, in the Hall. such a good. It. I, I feel like nowadays, since the show is like over 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, when they like 25, really, it was probably like oh, 25 no, years no, ago. Oh no!
0: No 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 no! It's like 30 years old.
3: It probably is, but it's been at least it's been I would say it's been at least 25 years since it ended, mm-hmm. um, and it was I think it was produced if I'm not mistaken it was produced I think by uh Lauren Michaels who of course is a uh, the 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 brains behind uh, Saturday Night Live um, mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live I don't feel has been great for like many years but uh, Kids in the Hall was like fantastic in the 80s and 90s yeah and yeah. Uh, it had several uh, guys who then went on to other really good stuff. Um, uh, Dave Foley, for example, he was on uh, News Radio, uh, Bruce yeah. McCulloch, uh, Kevin McDonald, Norm, uh, who else? Bruce McCulloch, Mark Kinney, um, Dave Foley, Kevin McDonald, and Scott Thompson.
0: One of them ended up on SNL for a while. So it ran from 88 to 95. So it's like mm. 34 years old. Because i got to say, yeah. the movie itself is 26 years old.
2: Yeah my uh, favorite kids in the hall thing uh, it, it was it was a super short little skit and i don't know why it tickled me as much as it did but it was the skit about the guy who has a disorder so that everything he says sounds sarcastic
0: oh yeah i remember that one
2: <laughs> he says yeah. <laughs> he goes everything i say sounds sarcastic it's not anything i can control it's very difficult for people to understand
0: you know i (laughs) don't think um, so mad i think i think that show would get someone canceled nowadays
2: oh absolutely
3: yeah
0: yeah i think that show has is a big reason i ended up with such a warped sense of humor
3: yes (laughs) probably
0: you know, because cause they would double dip on that because you get kids in the hall and usually Absolutely Fabulous was um, attached mm-hmm. to that, which I didn't like so much as a kid, but I rewatched as an adult and I thought that was hilarious.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, I didn't like it as a kid. Um, I haven't gone back to that one, so I don't... It I don't, makes
0: a lot more say. sense as an adult.
3: <laughs> if we're getting into British comedies, there's like a bunch obviously that is really good, uh, but one that's kind of underappreciated is uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. <laughs> that's I think it's only did like a like a handful of episodes
0: most but of the stuff one. like I mean like IT Crowd which I love only has like 25 episodes because they mm. their seasons are so much shorter because I think the British office is only like six episodes isn't it uh, uh, it's
2: more than six but it's only it's, one season I uh, no I think it's like
0: I think there's specials like out there
3: I feel like there was like 12 or 13 but there was it, it, there was like a, a Christmas special or something like that mm-hmm I personally feel like the British one is is much better,
0: and Isn't I understand what you mean that mean for me.
3: I I understand like the American Office ran for like seasons, so there's way more yeah. content. Um, I do think that Ricky Gervais is like a
2: very very funny person. He's a he's a really good comedian. Ricky Gervais was an instrumental when they started the American Office for pushing for them to go their own direction mm-hmm. instead of just being. Don't make it too much like us, because number one, this won't fly in America, and then number two. Um, if you're wanting this to be a long-running thing, you have to make all of the characters at least somewhat likable. Like, it, there's lots of places to get this stuff, but it's really fascinating to hear that a lot of the changes, especially coming up from season two onward, were things that uh, Ricky Gervais and um, who was the other name attached to it that I can't remember right now.
0: It's the yeah, it's the guy that's always attached to his stuff, isn't it?
2: Yeah. It's not Stephen Fry, is it? No. I, don't I can't so. remember who it's it is. Is it Martin
0: Freeman? Maybe. That sounds But
2: right. they but, said that you have to do it differently here. If for no other reason than in America, if you're bad at your job for as long as um, whoever the original boss was from the British version, if you're as bad at your job as he is for as long as he is, in America, you'll actually get fired.
0: But I think so. – I don't – I, I don't compare them anymore because, like I said, the American one kind of became its own thing. Like, they really only share the name. Yeah. But my favorite from the American one, um, it's the Halloween episode where someone's kid was there. And um, Dwight had dressed as Kerrigan.
2: Oh. <laughs> and
0: they were bitching about the accuracy of the costumes. Like, I couldn't bring knives to work or something like that. <laughs> Like quite... he, he was Zerg Kerrigan and like, there was yeah. a whole thing about that.
2: Well, mm. when he first came in, he had all these butcher knives attached to the costume and Toby made him take them back to the car. Yeah. I think it was Robert California's kid, which was yeah, I think James that. Spader, honestly, just cracking me up by I'm convinced just goofing off the whole time. But, um, but kids in the halls, a lot of fun. And yeah, as a, as a, a contemporary fun side and this is a conversation I had with friend of the show Justin. Um, mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime, I started watching a show called Last One Laughing that has a bunch of Canadian comedians that are all put together in a room and in a room is kind of a misnomer, but they have six hours and whoever is the last one to laugh gets $100,000 for the charity of their choice, and Dave Foley's in it. Mm. Um, so Dave Foley... Names you would probably recognize that are in it are... They're the, the biggest names there in it were Dave Foley, Colin Mockery and Tom Green, and Caroline Ray. And it's a lot of fun to watch. So if you want to see Dave Foley, be very <laughs> Dave Foley.
3: Mm. I'm looking on Wikipedia. They mm-hmm. are alleging that Kids in the Hall is actually going to return to Amazon... Prime Is it wow. a new episode with new episodes, um but they announced that uh like in 2020. So i imagine like things got delayed a bit with the pandemic. But assuming it's still happening, um that would be fun to watch. I I'm, would.
0: I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Like I've gotten really cynical about bringing these old shows back. Like if oh, they're going to neuter the humor, it's not going to be because that was the thing, um, and why it was so risque at the time because. You know, um, the acceptance of, like, gay people wasn't as strong back then. And it, it is very if – you, if you've never seen Kids in the Hall, it's very gay. <laughs> like, very homoerotic. Like, the, the humor is very gay-centered. And it's mm-hmm. very much meant to make you uncomfortable. Because Scott Thompson is, like, a gay man. Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Yeah. and he's, was... an, he's an out gay man. Yeah.
0: yeah, and he was at the time, too. I don't – was anyone else on that show? Uh, I don't – think so no but so if if you've never seen it before like it's very different Mm -hmm. because it's like i said it's very i don't know if homoerotic's the word that i would use for it but it's um humor is very different
2: yeah Mm -hmm. that's a good way of putting it (laughs) hey uh brad
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah
3: <laughs> as a child like, they, play, they would play this for this like it's like a one minute clip and you can find it on youtube yeah. um they played that and like i was paying attention i don't think i was paying attention to it initially when i was airing I was like i'm playing with toys or something like that and i heard that and like my head like whiplashed i'm like oh my god that's harlem meets music <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure it's just like some stock music yeah they it from something but uh, Kids in the Hall, a fun show. It's worth it's worth going out of your way to, to catch it. If 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 it's coming back to Amazon Prime, I imagine it's out there somewhere. Like it might be uh it might be on H- HBO since it aired on HBO. It might be on HBO Max yeah, or Amazon it. Prime.
0: I've seen it around. Yeah, I'm seeing what the what the series costs on DVD if that's even. Oh um, Amazon has it all on Prime.
2: Oh, it's great. All right. I guess it's my turn. And since we're in the funny, funny, chuckle, chuckle section, um, I'm going to minor in no particular order. I'm just kind of picking off the list. So since we're in the largely humor section, I'm going with what is a more recent show than uh, most of the list and. That means that I am going to go pick up Community because it is one of the – it is a show. it's It's been a long time since I watched just a regular TV show that legitimately had me cracking up out loud on a regular basis, but Community definitely pulled it off.
0: I have not watched that yet. It's on my to-do list. Um, I actually um... – Kristen Bell's not my favorite, but I actually thought The Good Place is the last like network TV show that I thought was funny, but Ted Danson. The
2: Good is Place funny. is The Good Place is a lot of fun, but The Good Place did not make me laugh the way Community did.
0: No, and the commu- the uh, last The Good Place relies heavily on Ted Danson cuz I actually want to watch that Mr. Mayor show because he's in it just because mm-hmm. he's so good in everything.
2: The, part of what soured The Good Place for me is the way they ended it absolutely hacked me off, um, and I'm not going to go into it. But it, it it I did not like the ending.
0: I do appreciate There's... that they made Blake Bortles a meme, though that that's hilarious.
2: Yeah, Bortles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but um, so. I have not seen. It. I do know what the 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 Drow episode's banned forever, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Um. So. There is a and d episode that takes place early on, and Ken Jeong shows up to play a drow, and he is in full drow makeup. Um, white hair and charcoal, black skin everywhere, and they were just like, yeah, um, this was risky when we first aired it. It's not, It won't fly now.
0: <laughs> Isn't that like the best I, episode, I did, it's, though?
2: It's a good episode. I don't consider it the best episode. There's an episode where... First of all, all of their paintball episodes are really funny. Uh, They there are six, five, six seasons, and they have uh, four, maybe five paintball episodes in there. And the paintball episodes are just lots of fun. The one that got the biggest laugh out of me is uh, early on. I, I don't think it's season one. But Chevy Chase plays this guy who he's this rich old dude who he owns a company that sells disposable wipes and uh, he he is screwing with everybody and he tells them you know I'm dying so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you what you told me uh, your greatest wish was but he's intentionally screwing it up and so um, Danny Glover His character, Troy, he had contacted LeVar Burton to come and meet Troy. Well, as it turns out, all Troy wanted was a picture because when LeVar shows up, Troy freezes and his eyes get super big and he doesn't react. And LeVar Burton's all confused and he says, well, okay, I'm going to go get some coffee. I'll be back in a little bit. And it cuts to in the hospital. Troy is in the bathroom having an absolute fit slamming the doors and banging on the uh, paper towel dispenser screaming i said i wanted a picture you can't disappoint a picture you can't do that and he it cuts away for a second and it comes back and he's sitting in the floor singing the reading singing the reading rainbow theme song sobbing to himself and it ends with the phrase set phasers to love me and i cackled
0: do you know they changed the theme song to Reading Rainbow, and the new one's, like, lame as shit? Um, I hadn't heard it. I heard it randomly. Like, someone is bitching about it, so I listened to it like, oh, this is bad.
2: <laughs> but, uh, Community has lots of... Their, their Christmas episodes deliver. John Oliver guest stars every now and then. Betty White tries to kill somebody at one point. Um... It it is it's a lot of fun and they they get a proper send off at the end. Um, they do lose some cast members as actors on the show got noticed and moved on to bigger things, but they make their way around that decently well. Um, there's 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 a little seasonal rot, but it stays entertaining. So I, I really it. it it's 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 a really good show.
3: I've seen like one episode. Um, um, uh, not because it it doesn't look like a good show. Uh, I just never watched it when it was on, and mm-hmm. I haven't uh, had a chance to actually like start watching it from the beginning. Um, I, I will say this now. Mm, I will say I have not seen The Good Place, and I don't know that I am going to because I kind of find Kristen Bell. There are, there are a few actors that I just personally find insufferable, and she's one of them, so well, I, I don't... Would,
0: know. She plays a pretty unrepentant douchebag on the show, so <laughs> yeah. you might actually um, attach her it, well it. for you, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, your dislike of her will actually help you
3: with yes. the show,
0: because mm. you're not supposed to like her.
2: Oh, so she... Um, She's not playing a likable. She refers to herself as sunbaked Arizona. <laughs> well, so, tri-
0: so we're going to. So I'll, I'm going to spoil the show for you, Max. I don't think you'll ever watch it. So the idea of The Good Place is, yeah, all these people die and they go. They think they're in heaven, but really they're in hell. And Ted Danson is like doing this secret experiment where he's secretly torturing them under the guise of them being in heaven. Like there's this one where this guy was like this ethics professor, but he couldn't make a decision. So he's doing something. They have them going on the subway car, and they run these people over.
2: They Uh, do the subway – the rail car uh, ethics dilemma thought experiment.
0: Yeah. Like they put that in a TV show and made it funny. And he gets he gets like splattered with guts and stuff and then he's like, well, okay, we'll do it again so he can make the other decision and then he just runs people over on the other one too <laughs> And then there's one where they were punishing Ted Danson and it's this room and there's just these these issues of the New Yorker falling and there's nothing else he's like he's like, I won't read this like what the hell man
2: the um there's a staff or there's a board of directors in hell that they start ever meeting with their official theme song. One eight hundred cars for kids. Yeah. It's, it's full of goofy little humor like that. And it's, it really is a lot of fun. Um, the, even if you know where the ride goes, it's still fun to go on the ride.
0: And like the, the characters are all pretty unlikable. So like, you don't have to.
2: You, <laughs> the, yeah. Um, you don't – you don't have – it's one of those weird ones where it's like not sympathizing with anybody kind of works in your favor. Yeah. I usually hate shows like that. Like I couldn't watch Mad Men because I was like, wow, I hate all of these people. But I think it's be, mm. it being a comedy, um, it, that makes – either that or it's just that Mike Schur wrote really, really well.
0: Well, I think I though think where it works is um, – Ted Danson's actually kind of likable. So you kind of root for him to torture them. <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's really too in depth to be able to sum up in just a conversation like this. Yeah. Like, there are layers of it that make it even funnier.
0: So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of configure around since we're on the Ted Danson um, train. I'm going mm-hmm. to throw, this might've been an honorable mention, but we'll just throw it in there. Uh, cheers. Mm. And we'll stay on the mm. comedy wagon. Um, Cheers is fun. So, this was like an early one for me. I think I was like 12ish when they ended it. Um just a good overall show like um interesting location as um it was a bar, great characters with like Cliff and um Norm. And um I like Coach better than Woody, but also like one of Woody Harrelson's early roles. Yeah. Um, I don't know if either of you guys watch Cheers much? Uh,
3: did. I watched Cheers back in the day, but I don't remember much of it.
2: That I'm trying to remember uh, a character name real quick. I watched the first, um, first season of it uh, during the pandemic and didn't, after I watched the first season, something came up and I just didn't pick it back up. But one of my favorite characters uh, in terms of just just watching the show was the he was not a regular, but he was a recurring character and that was the, the con man played by Harry Anderson.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
2: yeah, I, I enjoyed him.
3: I also quite a bit.
0: it's not on my list, but since we talked about Harry Anderson, um Night Court was a delightful romp back <laughs> in the day. I like that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause that had Richard mole, um, John Laura Uh, that's, that's a really underrated show. I feel like doesn't get it to do anymore. I I
2: think that what happened with night court is that they just kept running it at night. And so people like in time slots when you're like, oh, well, nothing good runs in this time slot. So, but it, it's still, it's still a good show.
0: And it has a cameo but. by Wile E. Coyote in it.
2: It does. You're right.
0: Because he gets convicted for chasing the Roadrunner. He's in it for like <laughs> literally. Oh, and um, Brett Spiner's in it. Mm-hmm. Because they're recurring <laughs> like cat like uh trial people. Yeah. Because I remember there's one because it's really funny where it's like they were talking about their inheritance and um John Lorquette's like oh, is it like $20 in Neko wafers? And he's like, <laughs> he's like no, it's $200,000. Like, we ate the Neko wafers.
2: <laughs> so uh, the uh, one thing that I, I enjoyed about Cheers was a story from the casting call where I, uh, John Ratzinger showed up to audition for the part of norm and he wasn't getting it so he went outside thought about it went back in the room and pitched the idea of cliff to them and they liked it so much they added him to the cast which that the fact that he pulled that off i just love that he pulled off convincing them to add a whole new character to the show I just thought that was wonderful.
0: You know, speaking of sitcoms from that time, so it blew me away. So you know the dopey assistant dauber on um, Coach? Yeah. Do you know he's yeah. Patrick Starr? What?
2: <clears throat> like.
0: From SpongeBob. He's Patrick, the starfish. Oh,
2: oh, I never watched SpongeBob, so I'm oh, completely lacking in that.
0: There was like yeah, the first I, couple seasons of SpongeBob were fun.
2: Okay, I I never, never. SpongeBob was well outside of my target, so I I never did watch Uh, it.
0: Like when I worked third shift, they had a TV there, so we would watch SpongeBob at like two in the morning. That's that's
2: perfectly fair.
0: Yeah, it was either that or like infomercials.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that's. I think you made the right choice.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I
2: liked. Ted Danson's character in cheers because he did have qualities you would look at and you'd be like, "Eh." but then he was also a very likable character. So I, I, really, you know, he hit, uh, he hit on a few different levels. I think of the ones I watched, my favorite was actually where he loaned his lucky charm out to somebody else. And then when the guy lost it, he lost his nerve or he got real clumsy, or I can't remember exactly.
0: He has a very well-fleshed-out backstory for a sitcom character. Because if you don't know, so he's like an ex-Major League pitcher that pretty much washed out because he was an alcoholic. So he now mm-hmm. owns a bar as like being a recovered alcoholic. That's kind of his story. So like, they tell stories once. Like there was one where they were playing one of his old games on TV, so he had like all these people come to watch it in the bar, and then like um, Rhea Perlman's character is like, "Hey, um, you know, that's the game where you're like really blitzed and like attack the mascot." And he was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." He he
2: uh, he realized he owned the bar, but he never remembered buying it. But there's this fun thing where it seems like a lot of the people around him are always kind of watching. Because they don't want him to fall off the wagon. Yeah. And they're very careful about that. And it's handled very well.
0: Yeah. It's a very good show.
2: Now, I'm, I'm going to jump in here real quick because since you pulled up Cheers, that gives me an opportunity to segue into my other ha, ha funny pick. Because there's an episode where the creator of Cheers cameos and... Uh, they look at him and they start making all these references to Cheers in front of him. And he sit, he's sitting there and he looks at him and goes, yeah, I got it. OK. And it was one of the later seasons of Scrubs, which is a show that not only did I really enjoy um, and think was it was a show that was both very good at being funny and very good at. They would whiplash you back with like some gut punch drama, and then use the funny to soften it, or use the funny to set you up. But it was also a show that a friend of mine loaned me the the run of it. He had copies of the whole show, loaned it to me when I was in a very, very bad place mentally, and it was the um, it was the show that actually kind of helped me hang on because i was able to look at that and go i know how that feels but at the same time also be able to watch just a unrepentantly silly episode and enjoy it and it helped broaden my day up a little bit so
0: it kind of dabbles a little in like family guy humor on like a small level doesn't it or uh it
2: can't. gets absurdist sometimes but it doesn't stay there there's usually a snapback. You know, they they can get goofy and absurd when JD does daydreams, but then he's got a snap back to reality. Um, and it has some, oh gosh, just some real gut punch lines. Um, uh, where do you think we are? And um, that that's usually the big one. And the music choices on it were so the the. Biggest problem with watching it on Netflix or wherever you watch it is they don't have the rights to the music in the streaming. So if you can get your hands on the DVDs or Do they handle as badly as
0: um, WWE Network does?
2: It's not that bad, but the music plays into or accentuates the scene super well. So with it not being there, and if you've watched it, before and had the appropriate music there it definitely feels like there's something
0: missing music rights are so dumb if they have the they should be allowed to just air it if it's in the episode like tough shit if um you licensed it for a tv show
2: i mean music rights being dumb i think is a well-established thing well, yeah but great.
0: but if you, if you haven't heard the wwe network ones like the volume goes like way down and like they chainsaw that new that new music in like with the subtlety of a sledgehammer
2: I I know that I I, I have I
0: mean,
2: very loudly complained about the replacement DDP music on here before. Well,
0: I'm, I think they I think they might have the demolition music again.
2: Oh, they talked to Rick Derringer.
0: No, no. Um, um, Bill Eady owns all that stuff.
2: Oh, okay. Well, Rick Derringer wrote that one, I think.
0: Because that was one of my favorite things that happened. Is um, they did a Chikara show way back. Yeah. they were like a surprise, and like the crowd was like singing the was <laughs> singing the music with it. Oh, that's the same one where they do the dance off because Larry Sweeney challenges One Man Gang, and they start playing the Akeem music. Wow! And then he like um One Man Gang like there was a guy that was cosplaying as Akeem. He's like, hey, give me your hat, and he put the hat on, and he started like his his side of it was doing the Akeem thing.
2: Yeah,
0: which was at hilarious. some point.
2: when Shikara was around, I never could get access to it, so at some point, I'm going to want to go back and try and find it. But, uh, but yeah, now Scrubs for me is, it's not only really good because it's funny, it's really good because it hits on very identifiable feelings you would have for people working in a hospital, and from, some folks I know that work in the medical profession, most of them don't watch medical shows, but from what they have watched, they have told me that Scrubs is the most true-to-life of working in a hospital.
0: Did they pull – Did that? Is that the one that pulled a Buffy where it came back for one season too long?
2: The network made it come back for one more season. Um, season. If they had called it Scrubs Med School like they were going to, nobody would have complained. But the the network uh, pulled a power move on I'm like no it's Scrubs season nine it's like don't do this and most people myself included don't count season nine as okay. a season of Scrubs the the series finale at the end of season eight is I think one of the best it's filled with great callbacks and old guest stars and references and it it just it it wraps up the arc of the characters at that location just super well.
0: Yeah. Buffy, Buffy did one too many seasons. They should have ended it with, I don't know, season five or six. I don't remember whichever one where Willow goes like cuckoo bananas.
2: Well, scrubs tried to end it there and the network drug them back. So So. yeah, they, it's, it's, it's really good. Zach Braff does a good job. Donald Faison does a good job. Sarah Chalk does a good job. Um, I can't remember Carla's uh, actor's actress's name. Uh, John C. McGinley does an amazing job. Um, Doctor Kelso, I can't remember his name either. You you would think I would have looked this up before we started, but I forgot. They all do such a great job and have so much fun. And God God rest his God rest his soul. Sam Lloyd as Ted is always funny. Uh, so. You know, it, it, I fully believe it's worth your time to look up. There's growth, like there's believable growth and changes in the characters and all that kind of stuff.
0: So, Matt, are you are you gonna genre switch us or are we staying in the the ha funny? Uh...
2: You got real quiet, my man.
0: Can you up your volume? You got real low on us.
3: Sorry. Uh, how many are we doing overall?
0: Five. Five with
2: any honorable mentions you might have. have. You know, I'll I'll actually, there's many I can
3: pick from again. Like, so these are five of my top favorite, but they're not necessarily my top five favorite of all time.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I'll, I'll stay with the funny. Like, it's been on for many years. They even got canceled and got brought back. Uh, some people, like, don't like it. People think it's, like, washed. It's kind of played out. I still find it entertaining. I, th- I still feel like they have uh, good stuff on it. But Family Guy. no, oh, uh, okay. Family Guy is uh, It's probably, like, one of my favorite uh, kind of adult uh, animated humor shows out there. So sure. it's been on forever. It's been on, like, 20-plus years at this point. Yeah, um, it's probably been back. It's been back like 20 years, 20 years since they brought it back from cancellation. I think but,
0: like 17 years. It's getting close. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I just I enjoy it. It's a it's a show that I've I've like really liked. They have so many episodes Uh, and, and I mean, I've seen probably most of them or all of them.
0: I but gave it's up like a, somewhere around like 2007, I think.
3: It's a. Uh, to me, it's a comforting show. It's like I can throw out an episode and just have it on the background and enjoy it uh, while it's playing. So, it's a show that I really like, um, I did.
0: I did enjoy the movie though.
3: They did a movie for Family Guy.
0: Yeah, I remember the one where like Stewie time travels. That was originally like a DVD like oh I,
2: I didn't know that
0: because he like travels back in time and like tries to get his like future self to um score with someone and it's like i'm sorry that's never happened before or what the 30 minute like the 30 seconds of sex or the 30 minutes of crying afterwards
1: <laughs> yeah i
2: remember <laughs> that yeah but um, um
0: what do you think matt of like the various spinoffs because like american dad i actually grew to really enjoy especially with like patrick stewart's um contributions there but i thought the cleveland show might have been one of the worst abominations i've ever seen on tv and it took so cleveland I, off of family guy which pissed yeah, me
3: off i don't like the cleveland show um would you consider american dad a true spinoff because obviously it's like the same creator and it's i believe set in the same universe uh but uh, i don't know that i would it's there's not a lot of interaction
0: no because it's so I, So American Dad's weird Because I honestly It got greenlit And then they brought Family Guy back So I actually think um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. What he originally did Was palette swapped it So he could just Kind of bring Family Guy back With some Tweaked humor And um Mm -hmm. But like The family's Essentially the same They're just Kind of palette swapped
3: I think it's fine Um It's not my favorite show But I think it's It's inoffensive Um I haven't seen A lot of it I've seen some but Cleveland Show, I did not care for. So that I don't have good things to say about it. Um, to me, it's really just I still watch Family Guy. That's like the, that's, the, of all those properties, like that's the one I'm going to watch.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, I do still think that they have, like, I, I would agree probably that the quality has gone down with Family Guy in the sense that there's about 20 episodes per season nowadays. And in that 20, you're gonna get like some filler stuff, so not every episode is like, gonna be a banger. It's um, not as
0: bad as The Simpsons, though, right?
3: Oh no, God no! No,
0: I still think <laughs> I
3: still think overall Family Guy is funny, and even ep- in episodes that aren't like the best, like you will have like a running gags or something that's just hilarious. Uh, there was one I think from last season um, where there was a running gag with Meg throughout the episode, mm-hmm. where Stewie goes like, "Oh, I, I think that." like Meg can't be left alone like legally she did something and <laughs> they never they never like elaborate <laughs> on what she did but basically like when she was with the family every time she would like wander like down the hallway or wander outside of something they would all freak out it's like Meg 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 where's your buddy where's your hallway buddy <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's just like this running gag that they never fully explained but yeah. they just ran with uh periodically over like three or four scenes in the episode and it's like that to me like that's like the absurdity of family guy that it to me i enjoy i still like stuff like that they'll do something that's like just silly but works so
0: i also think like they they just touch on it every now and then for gags but like the fact that peter and lois are like into super like kinky sex is also hilarious <laughs> like remember yeah. when like her meg's friends stay over and they're like <laughs> they're like doing it and they just wake them all up because they're being super loud and then they yeah. wake up and like chris is like spying on them
2: yeah, um, I, I think you're right, Matt. It's a great show because you can just kind of you can kick back and enjoy it. And you don't have to dig in super hard for a lot of the the jokes. And, and it, the, the episodes can be pretty self-contained. Mm-hmm. The, one of my favorite Family Guy bits was actually the first scene whenever they got uh, they came back because they're like oh guys guys the network's bringing us back fox is bringing us back they no they'll never bring us back you know they've got too many other shows he goes well we could come back if shows like and then he lists
0: everything that like, canceled since they yeah like
2: 25 there. shows that they canceled that were on when they were off the air he says so if all those get canceled do we have it he goes if they could get canceled yeah maybe like that that little bit of meta humor, I thought was amazing,
0: well, remember Fox was really bad in that era because I think Futurama actually they preempted so many shows. Futurama had an extra season versus what they actually shot because they preempted it so much, yeah. and then I think um Firefly, they aired out of order.
2: they absolutely aired. here. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it right now. Firefly is one of my honorable mentions because I enjoy the space Western and. The rich characterization, and it didn't go on long enough to, like, it had some Whedonisms in it, but it didn't go on long enough for those to strangle it.
0: oh well, the movie fucked it up, though. They, yeah, they, I,
2: I really disliked the movie.
0: I, I think uh, that, I, and I mean, this is just my personal opinion, but I, I liked it, but I think it's a little overrated by its like super zealots. But like when they did the movie, he made sure that it could never be revived because he fucked the story up so bad.
2: Yeah, it it was not coming back. Um, apparently Alan Tudyk, they said, you know, we might get the TV show out of it. He goes, I can't bear to lose this again. Just kill me off. So, that's the if if that's ever something that's come up to you, that was by request. Um,
0: I just the movie wasn't great anyway. I don't
2: think. No, I did I did not like. There was some stuff in it I really liked, but then there was there was a lot that I didn't. But the TV show. I really enjoyed, I thought they did a good job with, um, you know, all of the characters had an opportunity to have a day in the sun, as it were, and remained pretty likable, even if they were largely bastards in one way or another.
0: They were well fleshed out, though. I mean, the the preacher guy was probably the most likable. Well, no, the mechanic girl. Was, and Kaylee the
2: was pre- very likable. The Shepherd was, book was very likable.
0: Yeah. Actually, Shepherd was my favorite character from. The Shepherd show.
2: book was great. Uh, the Wash was was a lot of fun. Like, I like all of the characters. The only characters I don't like, oddly enough, is I, I get tired of Rim- River and Simon if I do a binge watch. But
0: River, I didn't you know, care for.
2: You you get over it. I mean, they, they had an arc in mind and Rivers complete bonkersness was gonna be resolved eventually, but they didn't get there, so you know, we never got the payoff for that particular thing. But even in the episode JaneStown, Jane being a self centered dick came back around on him and made him sympathetic and you kinda liked him. Yeah.
0: So what was the character's name that played Steve the pirate in Dodgeball?
2: That was Wash. That was Alan Tudyk. Okay, okay. So, it, for an honorable mention, it's great. It does not make my list because it got canceled early um, and it need, didn't get a full arc.
0: And it needed, it, like, I think, I think with three or four seasons, it would have, like, lived up to its potential. But, like, they just never got the...
2: They laid the groundwork in a just fantastic way. The world building on it is... The world building is excellent. And they do the world building without doing exposition in your face. The world building comes across very naturally. But it's not going to be revived because you're not going to get all the actors back. And now Joss Whedon is outed as a complete and utter douche.
0: Well, well, I mean, didn't they say... um... Wasn't he not allowed to be, like, alone with Michelle Trackenberg when she was, like, an underage girl on Buffy? Yeah, <laughs> Buffy,
2: yeah. Blue. They never came out and said why, but, you know, just any kind of implication that could come out of that, nothing about that's
0: good. Well, and, and Charisma Carpenter blew him up really bad, and I've never seen her really be a problem, so I kind of tend to...
2: Yeah, someone do who them. does not have a history of being an issue making that case... Uh, it, it it's the opposite of, of Big Swole bang, bagging on AEW.
0: You know what's funny is, um do you know Xander had never been an actor before that? I and did he not. Just, like, he just, like, did it on a whim.
2: Did a good job. Yeah. But...
0: I, I still love that from season one. It's like, when Buffy turns him down, like, for a date, he's like, I'm gonna go listen to country music, the music of pain.
2: <laughs> the... I really, really liked Nathan Fillion as Malcolm Reynolds in Firefly. I thought he was a very good, complex, flawed character. So, yes, it goes on my honorable mention list because, frankly, it didn't reach its potential. So, there it is for honorable mentions.
0: Well, I will stay on the sci-fi track for us then. So, because I think this will lead into more sci-fi, so... Um, mm-hmm. It's always a hard choice. Um, so I have a lot of respect for TOS. I really do. It's yeah. um, it's a really good show. Um, I have a lot of respect for DS9. Um, it's really rough for the first like up until the Dominion show up at the end of season two. I think.
2: Yeah.
0: And even were... season three is kind of rough, honestly.
2: Season three, would they were finding their footing and doing a good job, but. But, but um, you, you and I, you do yours, and then I'll pick up after that, I think. Okay, cause... so,
0: um, so, but my heart and home is always going to be the next generation.
2: Next, Star Trek Next Gen is, it's a, it's a really good series. Um, this is so so bad to say, but it got better when Roddenberry died.
0: No, it did because he was trying to do the TOS <clears throat> because because there's some really great characters in there, and I'm not talking about the main cast because they all have their strengths. I'm talking about like the side characters, like Q, um, uh, Waxana Troy, who is my f- her episodes are my <laughs> f- favorite is Waxana Troy because she is such like, um, just kind of like cougar. Yeah. Hmm. and um she hits on picard and then her her bodyguard slash like valet mr home like they present her with like booze <laughs> one time and he takes this huge bottle and he just like downs it in one gulp and it's it's hilarious and then like he doesn't say anything like for i think all these episodes and they they're leaving he's like thank you for the drinks yeah next gen
2: suffers you know, let me finish this thought, and I'll pass it to you, Matt. I'm sorry. Next Gen, in having such big seasons, suffered from such high churn of episodes that you had some uh, not
3: winners
0: And problems. Monster of the week could get a little old. Yeah, but I will say. I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead.
3: Uh, I was gonna say like I I had Next Generation as an honorable mention. Like I could have picked it. I put it down as like a short list one. Uh, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna forego that one. But that's that's a great show. It has many many, many memorable episodes. It's the first Trek I got exposed to, mm-hmm. um, because I was too young, far too young to watch uh, the original series. And I'm not even sure if it was syndicated. It probably was, but I didn't. I wasn't savvy enough to know where to look. I for saw that,
0: them but. both about the same time because I think they were <clears> both <throat> on TV. But I will say yeah. so. So um, there's a couple of episodes that I really love and i think they're mostly picard episodes but i'll list them off here so um the episode like after picard like they they free him from being lacutus and he goes and like spends time with his brother oh yeah that's a great a fight one with the vineyard like that is an absolutely awesome like character building episode but then the one where picard goes on vacation
2: oh and he meets vash
0: yeah that one's really good. Um. The one where Riker is the exchange officer on the Klingon ship, <laughs> and then I think though the best episodes that aren't Borg is the Klingon Civil War two-parter, where um, mm. where um oh where is, like twin? No, it's her alternate reality.
2: It's her alternate reality daughter.
0: Yeah, um is in there. Well, and... it's
2: not alternate reality. It's timeline shenanigans. Her name is Sela. Yeah,
0: and then it has. If you don't count the movie, Spock, um, McCoy, and Scotty all make cameos.
2: I, I love Scotty's episode so much because he's he's talking – he's following Geordi around talking to him, and Jordy's like, I respect you so much, but your knowledge is so far out of date, you're driving me crazy, and – Scotty's trying to talk to him, and Jordy's like, "I told the captain I would have this diagnostic done ready for him in an hour." He said, "Lad, how long did you? How long will it really take?" He goes, "An hour." He goes, "You'll never get the reputation for being a miracle worker if you tell the captain how long things really
0: take." Did they have to get him like real booze because he? Because um... wasn't he like just like taking this like thing of like whiskey they found him somewhere?
2: He he went to ten forward and. He was trying to to drink stuff there, and everything Guinan gave him, he's like, "Uh, this ain't doing it. And Data explained Synthahol to him, and he's like, okay, give me some real stuff. And Guinan pulled this uh, green bottle from behind the bar and got him jacked. So um, he goes to the holodeck.
0: uh, So also the episode where Q becomes a human is, is excellent.
2: It is. That, that's where the Picard face palm meme comes from. Yeah,
0: and but I love how I love how Data does all this stuff for him, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I don't want to be human." He's like, "No, I'm not going to curse you with that," and he lets Data laugh. Yeah. But that's, I also that's a very nice moment. But also, Guinan is probably Whoopi Goldberg's best role, like ever. I
3: agree with that. Uh, probably some people might say like the color purple. Oh, okay, okay. But but I kind of would agree with you. I think I liked her more in uh, the next generation.
0: Yeah, because um, she has really good chemistry with Patrick Stewart.
2: Yes, she has really good chemistry with about everybody in the cast. Yes,
0: but they, she has there's, something special with Patrick Stewart, like
2: that's mm-hmm. true. She uh, there's a at the end of um, Best of Both Worlds Part One, where Riker is now the captain. And she comes to talk to him. And she's telling him, like you're going to have hard decisions to make. And this is what you're looking out for and that sort of stuff. And you don't have Picard to cover for you. It's this great um, character building moment for Riker, who incidentally was my favorite character on the show. Um, And between the two of them, it's right. But there's one other one that's right up there where Riker is trying to teach Wesley how to talk to women. And so he starts flirting with Guinan and Guinan's just, you know, going beat for beat with him until Wes is like, I don't think this is my style. And Guinan looks at him and goes, shut up, kid, because she's so into it.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but also it's another great character moment, but I don't remember the episode, but the one where Data became captain and Worf was his first in command. And Worf like kind of mouths off in front of everyone and Data like just dresses him down in like the like his, the captain's like ready room or whatever i have to
2: go find that one
0: and he's like and it's really great because Data's like he's like do you ever see Riker do this? he's like no this is your job and he's like I'm sorry if we ended our friendship and Worf's like no I'm sorry like if I did but it's like a really great like Data just lays into him
1: mm-hmm.
3: I feel um, I feel Picard got like the best character stuff Mm-hmm. Uh like uh Darmok is a classic example. Oh, that's yes. a
0: great episode.
3: That's so powerful. Like Darmok, yeah. Jalada, at Tanagra. Shaka when Sh- the walls fell. There you yeah. go. Uh yeah. and another one that comes up a lot um which I agree is like incredibly powerful. Like it's just, I mean it, Patrick Stewart is it's an absolutely fantastic actor. Not really, not really sharing too much there. It's uh, obviously he is. He's <laughs> classically trained. He does Shakespeare. Like he's uh, just fantastic. But he and Ian yeah, McKellen
0: uh, are like best buddies. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think of... um. Didn't Ian McKellen tell him not to take that part, or was it was it somebody? Professor did X. No, I think Ian I'm McKellen sure. like fessed up like in some YouTube video like yeah I told him not to take that like.
2: It was know. more than just one person telling him. But what were you saying, Matt? Uh, the episode Sheen of Command.
3: Like, so powerful, too. There are four lights! Yes. And he's like... Oh, gosh. Like, they did, there was some strong, strong writing on that show. Yeah. yeah.
0: And there's some it, good yeah. comedy in it, too.
2: Yeah. That's true.
3: Like, there's... Um,
0: when Riker makes them eggs, and they're all like, oh, this is disgusting. And Worf's, like, wolfing it down. He's like, what? It's delicious.
2: <laughs> hey, they're all like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Riker's like, yeah, I picked these up the last Starbase. Maybe they didn't keep. And they look at... <laughs> Worf is... Seriously, just shoveling it. And he just looks up at him and goes, good eggs. You know? yeah. Worf gets these wonderful deadpan deadpan moments. The problem is Worf gets chump-shotted so much.
0: Yeah. And um, Picard accidentally calling Barkley Mr. Broccoli on the bridge.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Barkley was a fascinating character.
0: Yes, his episode cause... with the, the, his holodeck addiction was really good.
2: Mm-hmm. He's fascinating because he's obviously brilliant. He wouldn't be on the Enterprise if he wasn't. But he's so socially awkward that it, it, they they basically, years before it was approached this way, they're like, yeah, we've got someone on the spectrum working on the Enterprise. And it's really weird how he interacts with people. And Geordi's the only one that, that treats him well. Uh, and then poor Jordy never never got a, a you know a romantic romantic
0: arc. Oh that god, fuck Lamar Burton for that! Like, shut up, dude. Well,
2: I mean, Jordy, ah, not felt every character needs to ha-
0: it's it's it was it was not like that kind of show. He did not need a romantic. No,
2: he didn't. But he, it would have been the I think where he's coming from is anytime they say, show Jordy trying to do that, he was utterly hopeless at it. So. you know if you're gonna have the arc you would figure there'd be something but yeah it's because jordy's real love was the enterprise
0: oh and Worf loving poetry because they were talking about that klingon tea ceremony He's like we read poetry
2: okay so i'm gonna use this as my pivot for my sci-fi show since i'm the counterpoint to brad but ds9 is my track i i really like next gen so speaking of
0: Worf, he's very good on that show
2: one of the conditions for Michael Dorn coming on DS9 was I don't get Worf affected on DS9. So Worf was treated as a very serious character. You know They did a lot of good uh, character development with him, and they did more on DS9 to flesh out uh, the cultures of races we were already familiar with than they did on Next Gen. Because they couldn't just go to war and leave whatever it was behind. They had to deal with it. So you got more Klingon build. You got to see what a Klingon bachelor party is like. I know hmm. what I'm going to do when we're done with this. I'm going to kill Worf. Kill Worf. Kill Worf. <laughs> and General Martok looks at him and goes, now you've got the spirit. Hmm. <laughs> and the, the Ferengi, like the exploration of what Ferengi culture is like. Which was Arm and Shimmerman's like, no, I need to go back and fix this because I played a Ferengi in that first Ferengi episode, and oh my god, that's awful.
0: And Um, I I actually think – I know Quark is like the main one, but I think Ram and Nog are actually much more interesting than he is. mm
2: -hmm. Because they're non-standard Ferengi. Yeah. And you get to play with – Quark plays it straight, and then you get to subvert the tropes with the two of them.
0: No, um, I will I will say he Quark is not not necessarily straight because he does like he has a streak of loyalty and That's um, true. Like there's that thing where he convinces that, that Vulcan like you need to settle for peace because he talks to her like in a business sense.
2: Yes. He uses logic the way no one else had used logic at her before. Yeah.
0: Now I think my favorite two episodes of DS9 are um I don't remember what the episode name is. I know it's like fancy, but where they have to rescue their Moogie is probably the best episode. It's of... called
2: the Magnificent Ferengi. Yes. Hmm.
0: And the baseball episode is my other favorite take, episode. Take
2: me out to the holosuite.
0: Yes. Those are my two favorites. Did
2: I mention this is
0: one of my favorite shows? Um,
2: my favorite in the whole thing is the same answer. A lot of people give is in the pale moonlight, which is just really good. But then, there are just so many good episodes that even saying that it's it's you that's that's still as good as it is. There's lots of other really good stuff, so you win by not a huge margin. The the one where um, Nog is trying to work through his PTSD that's attached to his leg injury and stuff like it's it's fascinating, and the writing's really good. Once, once they get their feet under him it's really good and it really takes off and it's really enjoyable and the Dominion war is really really good um, you know I'm gonna quit talking because we we Brad you and I have bounced back and forth and we need to give the ball back over to Matt for something <clears throat> I could talk about ds9 for entirely <laughs> too long uh, okay I'm gonna I can stay with
3: the uh, sci-fi genre. Cool. Um, this is one of my all-time favorite shows. Another show that they have talked about bringing back. I don't want them to. Uh, I'm. I've. In recent years, I've very much come around to the opinion that shows can exist, mm-hmm. and that they should end without going too long.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. thank God! Yes. And <laughs> and
3: also that you should not bring shows back. Now, I understand, like if there's still more story to tell perhaps you can bring something back in a very limited fashion. Okay. I kind of like don't like that. But if you are going to bring stuff back like in limited fashion, like mm-hmm. I know uh Twin uh, Twin Peaks, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Twin Peaks came back for like a season or two. Um, they for just did
2: 12, they, 12 hour long episodes.
3: Yes. They just did uh they did a season of Dexter, which I didn't
0: really That's I like a weird thing. I don't know. Dexter I have opinions on Dexter, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that Dexter's there was only pick. two good seasons of dexter,
3: yeah oh, oh i I think overall it's not great, but they brought it back. they went in resolution of the show okay i can, i can, I can understand bringing shows back um and I mean technically we we talked about the next generation, which is basically a sequel to the original one, but there have been mm-hmm. there had been like decades since, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the original ended that that came back, but
0: technically uh, they brought TOS back though. Because
3: they mm, yeah, they
0: got everyone but um, Chekhov for the cartoon that is season four.
2: Yeah. See, Next Gen, I, I don't consider Next Gen bringing it back because it's new stories. It's con- it's in the same continuity, but it's a sequel of new stories
1: and it's new characters. It's so. a
0: not a real. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly.
3: Uh, the show that I was going to pick... Mm -hmm. It's uh, Joe Michael Straczynski's Babylon 5, Mm. which I I personally still feel is, like, top five sci-fi show of all time. And that's including Star Trek and other various shows. I think it's an absolutely fantastic show.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, First season is good, but it's a little rough. They're still kind of figuring stuff out. Um, I would say season five is only, like, a five-season show. Season five could get rough, too. They kind of, like, wrapped up their main storyline – they did in like season...
0: they did movies for quite a while though. They there were like three movies, weren't there?
3: There was yeah, TV movies that aired on TNT. Um, but they did have a season five. But they had their 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 main storylines that already been wrapped up. But like the conclusion of season four. So, um. But uh, overall, the show is I think fantastic. You had really really strong acting. Um, really like I feel like iconic characters. Um, in that show. Like Jakar is it a kind con- iconic character? His rival slash frenemy, Lando, great character. I think the um, the acting of both of those uh, actors, uh fantastic. Uh Peter Jurassic is Lando. Um, who was the guy who played Jakar?
1: Oh, I don't Look remember. up his name. The
3: only oh, thing... and, andreas katsulas who uh, but uh andreas has passed away and i don't, I don't think londo has Let the only
0: the only thing i'd want them to do for an, a babylon 5 is just to give me give me the original show but upgrade mm-hmm. the special effects to something good mm-hmm. like give like just just like computer animate over it see if you can make it look good give me babylon 5 with good special effects and that's all <laughs> I, I want.
2: A remaster, not yeah. a remake.
0: Give me give me make it look. give me give me Star Trek mid 90s level special effects and I would be mm-hmm. down for <laughs> that. I don't want new content though.
3: I don't want new content. Um, I think that the existing content is fine. They tried to do spin-off shows, uh, a couple of spin-off shows and that they never got past like a first season. Um, I, I overall didn't think it was the spin-offs were that good. Uh but the original show and the I guess let's let's say that the movies they did with it, I think I think they did three, like you said. Um yeah. those are pretty good. But
0: um, that's the original cast though.
3: Yes. I and I thought that the the concept that they were going with or that uh Joe was going with in that there are there were a couple of older races, uh the Vorlons and the Shadows, who have been effectively like manipulating um, not just humanity, but other races, all along, to kind of follow their guidance and follow. Not necessarily they're not like slave races, but they're more just like they're influencing uh, younger races' behavior and way of doing things based upon their own specific ideologies and philosophies. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the work was really good. I thought that some of the stuff, especially when like the, the shadow stuff, was really like really kicking off and really everything's like coming ahead i thought that was that was really good um some of the work like by Stephen first as veer was really funny because it, you guys remember um morden who was like the human liaison for the shadows like years ago like an earlier episode um fear knew that that guy was like corrupt and and just evil and so he gave this whole speech about how like Like, I can't wait until, like, basically, like, we kill you and we we jam your head in a pike and I will just look at it and wave. Like, he said that in the context, it sounds, like, really aggressive, but it's like, this guy was, Borden was so evil that, like, when he said that, like, you didn't even feel bad. You're like, yeah, this guy's a piece of of s. like, get this guy, have this guy die. Years later, uh, when they had Borden killed off, Mm -hmm. and they did exactly that on the um on the, the homeworld, Like he, <laughs> like they made mouse of that dude's head and a pike. And you didn't even see like the head, you just saw like the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just, obviously they use like a prop. And then you see Veer, he's like looks at it and he gives like this little smile and he looks up with like a little, and he gives almost like, you know, like your wave, like the queen would wave, like the little, yeah, like short wave. And trust me, in that moment, there's such a grisly scene actually gets played for like laughs and it's actually pretty funny in the context yeah. of things. Um, great work by uh, by Bruce Boxleitner as uh, John Cer- Sheridan, who was mostly the main character. The first season had Michael O'Hare um, as the captain, but he he passed away not that long ago. And if you actually listen to about that guy's life story, it's really very unfortunate because that guy has struggled with uh, with basically mental health issues, and I think that's why he he bowed out after like the first season.
0: Yeah, because I remember being surprised they like killed him off and I thought they were gonna bring him back and they did not. He
3: wasn't he, he wasn't like officially killed off. They brought him back for like a two part episode in which he underwent like a trans a transformation. There was a they the one of the main um uh alien races, the Minbari, they were it is they established that they could go through this like really complicated process uh to either transform a Minbari into like a half human or transform a human into like a, min, a Minbari, basically, and they had him go through that process, um, and they sent him back in time, and he actually like the Minbari uh, holy person, like their their spiritual leader uh, mm-hmm. from from I'll I let's say antiquity. They had him go back in time, and basically he he actually became that person. It's like if if someone were to go back in time and become like uh, Buddha or something or mm-hmm. Jesus Christ something like that. It was it, in the context of things. It actually worked out really, really well and was interesting. Uh, and they they kind of brought him up. They, they wrapped up his storyline. He wasn't killed off, but he was basically sent, sent back in the past, so he you know died of old age per se off, mm-hmm. off screen. But that was a uh, that was like really fitting, and it was a good way to write off the character. Sure. Let the let the actor kind of like exit with with some dignity <laughs> instead um, of just killing him outright. Yes. Uh, it's a great show. I, I I advise everyone to watch like the original show. It's not hard to find. It's on uh, HBO. Max. Oh, it's on HBO. Okay. Yeah, it's I,
0: uh, it's I, on I, my. That's pro- when I'm done with the Expanse. That's probably going to be my next um project.
3: I I intend to watch the Expanse. Um, I watched only the first season. It's good. I, the first season was pretty good. My wife has expressed an an interest in the show, so I might um I may watch it with her.
0: The problem is you got like you got like it's not a show. If you're someone that fiddles, like you have to sit down and like
3: oh watch that's it. That's what I learned with the first season. Like I was I have it on and I was trying to like focus on it and like play with my phone or do something else. And I learned very quickly that it's it's like very very dense. Like, you mm-hmm. need to pay attention, because, like, a lot of stuff will happen, and you, if you're not paying close enough attention, you'll miss it, so.
0: And, um, the other thing that that show's not afraid to do is, like, there was a character that was, he wasn't, like, a on-every-episode character, but he was important to the story. They just fucking killed him in, like, season five. Like, just mm. straight up, someone, like, walked up behind him and shot him in the head. It was like, oh. Cause like there's um if you watch that show there's like a character in the crew that dies in like the third episode like brutally. Mm. Remember like when they're like in that hold and the doctor just gets his head like blown off.
3: I like the Expanse because it's 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 based on a book series. Yeah. I believe right. It is. And I, the thing that I like about them is that. I think sometimes like people can get a little too extreme with this, mm-hmm. but I do appreciate that they are they're operating under the premise of like realistic sci-fi. Like it's let's hard make a sci-fi, sci- which is yes hard rare. sci-fi. Yeah, let's make a hard a quote unquote hard sci-fi show, meaning the science is as close as we can get. To being uh, scientifically accurate,
0: it's old all school of... Isaac Asimov style yeah. sci-fi. Like, yeah,
2: if you if you watch Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, that's like super hard sci-fi. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: because like everything, like if someone shoots a missile at someone, like it's very it's very hard sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
3: I like that. I mean, there's basically like three, there's three essentially like species of humans in a way or, couple yeah. or su- so a couple mainline humans or a couple subspecies.
0: Yeah. So there's the inners, which are, um, those are people on earth. There are yes. the Mars people. And then there are these people called belters who have lived in space their whole life, have never dealt with gravity whatsoever. Like yes. they've grown up in zero G's and they're Ooh. called belters.
3: Yeah. And so their lack of actually having like, uh, like real gravity, only artificial gravity created by, uh, uh basically machines, they they presented them as like they it I, what I feel realistically is like that has had kind of pronounced effects upon their health. Yeah. Uh, like in the in the first season, which is the only one I've watched, like there was one episode where they they were trying to torture one of the Belters because they thought he was a terrorist and kind of was a terrorist. And one of the ways they tortured him was actually like taking him down onto the surface of Earth. Where he was basically slowly suffocating to death, and it was extraordinarily painful for him because he had never actually experienced real gravity, mm-hmm. and so he could not function and survive in real gravity. Um, that was really interesting to me. Like I like that. See, that's the kind of type of concept I like. They have, you know, subspecies of human, which is very uh, it's like sci- sci-fi concept, but yeah. they right. try to make it believable and probably scientifically accurate. Because I mean, if you had, we, we obviously know that if you have people, people who have spent a long amount of time on like uh, the space stations. Yeah. And I mean, long, long time. I mean like six months or something like that. Like it actually
2: has physiological
0: Yeah. Your, m- your yeah. muscles atrophy.
2: Yeah. And your so bones that... get weaker. Like you have to yeah. rehab seriously.
0: Yeah. And the other interesting thing is like, so they really think it out. Like, so the Belters pretty much like, as it progresses, they get a ship, but it's pretty much like a space bucket that sucks and (laughs) then like mars has like these really like super advanced ships so they don't have very many of them and earth has like a metric crap load of ships but they're not as good as the mars ships but it balances Mm -hmm. out because they can just take mars down with like sheer numbers right but like mars is also just humans that colonize mars and they Mm -hmm. their relationship with earth has like suffered over the the decade well the the centuries
1: yeah,
3: mm-hmm. it's, it's basically you're operating under a, a world that's, like, deteriorating. Uh, well, not deteriorating in the sense, like, it's it's gone to S, but it's, like...
0: Well, Earth uh, it, Earth essentially, like... Earth essentially just subsidizes poverty because they don't have work for anyone. So, like, yeah. Earth is just, like, a giant slum.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's they do establish that Earth has, like, horrific, uh, like, pollution uh, issues. And the Martians are they're kind of like in some ways uh, the the most well off of the three groups and they seem to be more militaristic but they're also it's kind of like a fragile um piece that everyone's having and they're tra- they're martians are trying to like establish like dominance but uh they don't have the re- no one has like the resources earth does even if
0: yeah
3: even if things are kind of going to s so yeah
0: it's a very good show though i recommend mm. anyone watch it if you like sci-fi mm it's the rare good sci-fi show like recently.
2: Mm-hmm. So, That's especially outside of an established continuity somewhere or outside of an established franchise.
0: Yeah, so I guess um, I guess I'm going to take us back into the world of comedy um, because, as we said, uh, we've talked about it here and there. Uh, we have made a lot of jokes about it, but South Park. <laughs> Um, The movie was also excellent. Um, The movie did not go over well because so the movie is actually like a very well executed musical that's based heavily on Les Miserables. Um, So I think people didn't get that. It was like it it was like it's it's designed like a musical like that's what it is.
2: It's got the arc structure and the um, the dire point for the heroes and then the the reprise on the musical numbers and that sort of stuff. It's, it's all in there, but it's, it's great fun. They, they, they have, they very clearly have a lot of fun with it, but, um, yeah, it, it it caught some flack whenever it came out. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's a show that's evolved over the years. I don't like it as much since they've gone with like the season long arcs. I don't feel like South Park works as well like that, but I will (laughs) say, um, my favorite character on that show is by far Randy Marsh.
2: <laughs> He's got integrity.
0: And when he was Lord.
2: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: feeling good on the weekend. But I
0: take that I take that back. Randy Marsh is my second favorite. Butters is my favorite character. Oh, gee, guys. Oh, hamburgers.
2: Um, Butters has some just really amazing... Episodes butters to his credit.
0: Is, is a great yes, one. butter's bottom. Butter's bitch,
2: bottom bitch is, yes. a, is an amazing episode. I know what you are saying. You don't have to keep asking.
0: My me. wife, my wife, and I all the time like, do you know what I am saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that show
2: has, for as long as it's run and been consistently funny. That's really impressive. Um, and the. The last two games that they produced for it, which is Stick of Truth and Fractured But Whole, are really good. Like, if you haven't played them, they are – I mean, you know, these are not things just like anything with South Park. You know, you don't do that with kids around or anything, but the games are really good.
0: You know what's hilarious? So do you ever watch, like, um, the Dice Tower YouTube channel? Uh Uh-uh. So it's a board game channel, and they're very popular. And um, so I was just – I love their top tens. And one pops up. It's like Trey Parker's top ten favorite board games, and he's talking about it. And he's like, he's talking about watching their videos and stuff. I'm like, holy crap! But I guess they play like board games. And he had like, like this in depth stuff about board games. I was just like, this is fascinating.
2: Oh, uh, one of my favorite things about Matt Stone and Trey Parker is when they were making the Scientology episodes. The Church of Scientology started researching them to try and find ways to go after them and what they came up with is they're they're two regular kind of boring guys that make a TV show they
0: play video games and like yeah
2: they came up with nothing to try and and to be able to shut these guys up no they're two normal guys and well and they bought casa bonita mm. did you know about oh, that? No, casa I didn't bonita know that. closed over covid and they bought casa bonita and they're going to oh, reopen that's it oh
0: hilarious. Yeah. That's bonita, hilarious. The other one, the other one I do is, um, to piss my wife off as she's going to work. I'll, I'll do the woo baby. Please don't go like for what <laughs> was in the, thought he was in the apocalypse.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned Randy Marsh doing musical acts just the other day. I came back across it cause I've seen it before, but it's always funny is, um, Trey Parker and Bill Hader trying to record uh, the this section of audio talking about when Randy was playing tween wave music at the bowling alley. So they got this fella down at the bowling alley named Steamy Ray Vaughn. You mean Steamy Ray Vaughn, the the blues guitarist? No, nope, this is Steamy Ray Vaughn. He gets up on the sh- stage and fills his britches and in recording this these two guys keep just absolutely cracking up after like every line he loads one pair up and then he gets another pair and blows them apart too and like it makes sense in the episode but you could say that for just about all of South Park
0: oh and um the George R.R. R. Martin one where he's just obsessed with wieners <laughs> yeah his, have you ever seen his response to that, where someone asked him about that in a con? Uh uh-uh. uh. And he's like, he's like, well, actually, like, I was really worried, but they were really nice to me. But he's like, they got one thing wrong. He's like, I'm not obsessed with wiener. He's like, I like boobies. <laughs>
2: Wiener, 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 floppy wiener,
0: wiener. Was that Butter's like, they always promise me dragons, and it's just some guy's wiener. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The Make Love Not Warcraft episode
0: is... highly accurate.
2: It's accurate, and it's amazingly funny.
0: Because you could tell they were playing WoW when
2: that one came out. Yeah, I mean, they got Blizzard to help with it obviously, because that's how they got so much of the animation. But I have a friend who he is a uh, guild leader in WoW to this day. When that episode came out, he said the the, uh, message boards for WoW, because this was in the day of message boards and forums, were filled with people like, this is why this episode's not accurate. It was like ten incredibly nitpicky things that they were trying to use to justify the fact that the episode was wasn't actually about them because they didn't know what they were talking
0: about. You know what blew me away is that, um, live the wind song they use is Paul Stanley from kiss singing it. I didn't realize that till oh, years is later, it really? Yes. It's him doing the solo song. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, um, what are we on now?
2: So we're in the animated,
0: yes. so I
2: will yeah. get my animated, uh, Go ahead and check this one off while I'm looking at it. Um, In the animated, I have an animated one on my list. And the reason I picked this one, because we kind of alluded to this universe earlier. But I picked this one because it's the culmination of what came before it. It's a bunch of stuff that we've had has built to where it is, where we get to with it. And there's two series that came before And that's why I'm going to say that uh, Justice League goes on my list. Now, do you
0: consider Justice League and Justice League Unlimited the same thing or two different shows?
2: That's a good question uh, because they feed into each other. And Superman, the animated series, feeds directly into Justice League. I was kind of going – I was going with original Justice League because I felt like the storytelling was – uh, deeper and richer because you didn't have as many people, but then on the other hand, unlimited does have the excellent episode clash in it, uh, and you know the the long running arc with the um, the Legion of Doom and stuff. But I th- I think I'm just gonna go with the just Justice League the series. Okay. No. Um, um, if I've got to draw the line, that's what I'm gonna do.
0: Now, why is um, the Legion of Doom two parter? Where they capture Batman, the best one of the series. (laughs) You know what my favorite part about that is um, Ultra Humanite turns on them and he's like, you're gonna keep our deal, right? He's like, right, double what Luther paid. Yeah. And I'm just like, that is great. But, like, I just love how he turns them and I think he seduces, like, Cheetah, doesn't he? Yeah. Because they just Um, leave him there and Joker's like, no, you can't do that. Like, you can't.
2: No, no. Someone's gotta watch him. Uh, but my fa- my favorite line from that whole episode is actually Joker. Because they come back there and Lex goes, we don't need your help. You know, we can handle this. And Joker goes, oh, you can handle them. And I can't remember, he clocks somebody over the head and reaches down behind him, and he f- he flips it like a coin in the air and catches it, and he holds up a little Batman tracking device. He goes, but I know how the bat thinks. And it's just like, ah, because it's not just Joker is bonkers, it's joker is the batman expert they don't have yeah it's that that too like that series is really good because you not only get cool superhero stuff but you get some character dive you get the awesome uh, christmas episode where martian manhunter goes home for christmas with superman like
0: <laughs> well i like that i like the ultra humanite and flash part of that
2: uh yeah wait that's where yes, they go yes. and give
0: toys to kids and then like Flash gets him like something or other. And Ultra
2: Humanite instead of taking the the, the DJ rubber ducky, he, he improves it to tell the kids a story the Christmas Carol.
0: Yeah. Was he David Ogden Steers? Is that who was Ultra Humanite? I'm not sure. It was whoever played Winchester on MASH. Um, was Humanite I think. I don't
2: I don't remember Cause... the character the the voice actor's name
0: i think the i think the um my favorite episode is probably from unlimited where it's that big just all-out brawl with um Darkseid and it's like all the heroes oh yeah oh that's got the world of cardboard
2: speech in it
0: yeah and where superman's like i walk on eggshells all the time like i get a fire cut loose and he just like
2: yeah that's the world of cardboard speech that's that speech is so good
0: because it but, finally gave Superman some edge.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Didn't they do? It, um. They did. Um. Who? Who lobotomized Doomsday? Which version of Superman was that? Was that um, Justice Lords? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one too.
2: <laughs> yeah, Justice Lords was really good. Mm-hmm. Hey, there, you would have a hard. You're gonna have a hard time going through Justice League and picking out a bad episode.
0: Yeah. So I think you that, know. Good I think luck that, with that hour-long episodes could drag a little bit but i mean that's not all of them but a cut like a couple of the early ones like the atlantis um the atlantis they might two-parter drag a little, a
2: little bit in places but they're not bad no no they've just got slow parts to them so
0: yeah sometimes things are just better as a half hour
2: i think there was just too much to fit in um with some of them but yeah. okay so uh matt i think we're passing back over to you here all right, I'll actually
3: stay with the animated. Um, and this is a show that I've actually talked about before, so uh, I won't go too much into it. Uh, it. The true answer is like obviously like Batman the Animated Series is definitely on <laughs> my top five really of yeah. all time, but I've talked mm-hmm. about that. like We've all talked about that a lot. Um, I'm going to go with a different animated show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably in my top five of animated. Uh, overall, not quite sure, but I've talked about it before. Uh, Disney's Gargoyles.
0: That's a good Ooh, one. Yeah. Also, also ties in because it's a low key secret TNG reunion show.
3: Yep. Yes. Yep. Because
0: only I think only Patrick Stewart didn't do a voice on mm-hmm. that.
3: So many other people did. All uh, of them. Because t- Zana- oh, all of them.
0: Xanatos was Riker. Um Debona yes. was Troy. Yes. I don't remember what Michael Dorn did on that show.
3: He was. I feel like Michael Dorn was. Let me look it up.
0: And then I know Brent Spiner had a role on there, and I think um, I think um, Forge had a role on there too. Oh, Ned Asner was um, Broadway, wasn't he? No, no. Who, who was the old guy? Hudson. Hudson, right, right, right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then um, Goliath was—he does a lot of voiceover stuff now. Oh, who was Goliath?
2: Goliath. Uh... Keith David?
0: Yeah. See, now, I like. Ah, it. Ah,
2: okay. Now I got you. But
0: they never, they never played them in order here, so that really screwed it up if you had, like, a station that was just willy-nilly playing yeah. them.
3: See, it came out in a time when I was, like, kind of just getting, like, internet access. Mm-hmm. So if you searched around enough, it, it wasn't hard to find the actual episode, like, order. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like saved that, or I, I wrote wrote it down. Um, and the local stations here were actually pretty good about airing them, and mostly airing them in sequence. So it, going by like what I, my research and and seeing what was aired, like I kind of like figured out what what was actually like in chronological order. Um, uh, looks like Michael Dorm played Othello, who was a gargoyle, who was brother to Goliath. Okay. Mm. Mm. He was actually he was then later resurrected as a cyborg called
2: Coldstone.
0: Oh, okay, okay. That, wow. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. remember Coldstone Okay. Stone. Yeah. But there there's very um complex. Did he sit on
2: top of a creamery?
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's very complex interactions for that show. Actually, I think it's very. I liked it, but like as an adult, like I feel like it's kind of it was kind of ill ill conceived for children. It was more of, like, a teenager to young adult show, in my opinion.
3: Yeah. I mean, I have already shared that I don't like shows being brought back, but if they, like, rebooted that show, like, I would, I might enjoy it as long as, like, it's done well. The problem is, like, I don't really have a lot of faith nowadays for them to actually <laughs> do something like this well.
0: If I would bring it back, I would just focus on them in, like, medieval times. Yeah. hmm But, like, Xanatos is, like, a very complex villain, because sometimes he's a villain, sometimes he's not.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the trope namer of, on TV Tropes, the Xanatos Gambit, uh, which is a fantastic uh, trope or concept where it's, like, the, the villain basically manipulates things so that no matter what happens, they benefit yeah. Uh, even if they, you know, quote unquote lose, it's like okay, well that's fine because actually me losing furthered my interest in this area. So I actually all a lot according of to plans Yeah. So he, it's it's really you got that's like you have to have a really cool, really complex villain
0: Lex to Greenfield to make that work. Does that?
2: Yeah.
3: yeah, But
0: he hadn't been well executed on TV to that point.
2: Mm-hmm. Not I, not when uh, Gargoyles aired. No.
0: Because DC no. actually ruined like recent Lex that I was really enjoying where. They kind of changed him around in the New 52 and they brought Rebirth back where <clears throat> he was now a superhero because he wanted to show Superman up by showing, like, the best of humanity could, you know, be as good be just as just as valuable. Yeah. And so he was a good guy in, like, armor. And it was awesome because it was such a different take on him. Yeah. And I liked it. But then they screwed it up. Um, they always screw it up. Wow. You
2: know, it... If it goes on too long and then and you get past the original idea, then someone's yeah. going to drop the ball. Um, I had a thought and it's completely left me, so I won't worry about it. Uh, let's see, Brad, what's your the last one that you've got for a pick here?
0: Um, I have I have a couple. I can't remember. There was one I had on here. What was it? Um, I'll just do it because, like, it is an important show in my life, even though it sucked for longer than it was good. But I'm going to put, um, seasons two through about ten of The Simpsons.
1: Hmm.
2: Okay. The Simpsons never really got um uh, took off at my house, so I never really got into it, um... Sorry, I just don't. There's a lot of references on that I don't have.
0: Um, I it, it got dumb over time, but like there was, you know, I when I finally saw Citizen Kane, like in my 20s, I realized I'd literally seen three fourths of the movie because Simpsons had <laughs> parodied that much of it. Like, yeah. And no, l- literally, watch the first 10 seasons of The Simpsons and then watch Citizen Kane. They've satired three fourths of that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: that's excellent um,
0: that's but yeah excellent. I that was that was a big show of my youth um, I have not watched it in I mean I've watched the early seasons and I like watching the Halloween episodes around Halloween but like I have not watched a new episode of The Simpsons probably since they did like the family Guy crossover and that one was so bad I didn't even finish it um, mm-hmm. but I haven't watched a new episode in probably like 21 22 years Ooh yeah oh the rick and morty couch gag was hilarious (laughs) so what that is shad is pretty much they crash their ship and kill the simpsons oh wow and then he sends morty off to get them reconst their dna reconstituted into the simpsons and then he just fucking robs the blind (laughs) and then he tries like a duff beer and he's just like eh. and then he spikes it with more alcohol and keeps drinking it but then he's just like stealing their shit it's hilarious wow have you seen it, Matt?
3: Uh, that uh Rick and Morty, I guess we call it like a crossover parody. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, have. Yeah. Rick and Morty is a show that would probably be honorable mention because I actually really really like that show.
0: Yeah, it's it's Rick and Morty is like just outside of that. So it's like Archer, mm-hmm. and a couple.
2: Archer, of I really enjoyed.
0: Shows. Archer got dumb though.
2: It it, I have to admire their willingness to go hard in the paint for weird stuff when you get into later seasons, the, um, I can't remember which one the Charlene seasons. I can't remember what the whole group is doing at that point, but you know, the, you get your whole smoking, the bandit parody going and, um, cocaine, Pam and archer vice. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Like they, they, they really went full bore having fun with that. And I got to appreciate it. Even if I didn't like it as much, it's, but uh that's that's a fun show too
0: okay off to the next one
2: i'm gonna take us out of the animated realm and um this one's this probably didn't spring to mind for anybody but it's not going to be a surprise for anybody um given that i grew up in appalachia there's not a whole lot of stuff that takes place there and most of it that does is just god-awful and this is about the closest thing to a good portrayal that exists and it's a good show anyway even if it does have one season that doesn't hit and that means i'm picking justified
0: can you Mm. okay so i i it's on it's always in like my i want to watch this so so sell me on this show shad
2: all right part of it is that Raylan Givens is really a Wild West Marshal in the present day, and uh, but Raylan grew up, the house Raylan grew up in, Raylan grew up surrounded by crime. And complete, Raylan and his father hate each other. So he took the complete other path and you have Raylan dealing not only with you have your periodic um, you know, villain of the week stuff that comes up, but you also have Raylan, now that he's back in Kentucky, having to deal with his past involving his dad and people he grew up with, uh, all that sort of thing happening. And they keep him around in the marshal's office. They don't transfer him because they need someone that they can have go to eastern Kentucky and, as Raylan so succinctly puts it, speak hillbilly because – They won't talk to anybody else. Um, and there's a lot of really cool action. There's actually a a fair amount of funny, clever writing and play. Um, and a big part of it is Timothy Oliphant is just so damn cool, uh, as Raylan Givens. Um, but this, like all of the marshals are, are really awesome. Um, Tim Gunnerson is played by the same guy that was the sidekick in Euro Trip, except Tim Gunnerson was an Army Ranger sniper. So he's got uh, one of one of my favorite lines from him is he said uh, he said to the uh, the chief deputy uh, for the Lexington office, he said, well, I feel like I'm having a uh, PTSD flashback and. Art looks at me and goes, Does that happen often? And he goes, only when I'm handling firearms in public. Is that a problem?
0: So can uh, I ask you a question? So um, yeah. how do they do with the geography in Kentucky? So um, Glee took place in Cleveland, Ohio. And okay. there's an episode my wife and I are very perplexed because they talked about them taking like like someone moved to a suburb of Columbus and they're like, Well, they were just they were just going there after school, and they were going to come back, and my wife and I are like, that's a three-hour drive. Like, that wouldn't work. And then there's another yeah. episode where they're in Cleveland, and they're outside in, like, barely coats in February. And I'm like, they would be lucky if they could even, like, get through the Function. snow in February. Yeah. Like, there's there's things like that in that show that's just, like, like – because my wife would complain. I'm like, they're lucky – we're lucky they don't have them, like, riding cows to school.
2: So one of the things that happened – in uh, is they keep talking about um, going to uh, going to Harlan. Like Raylan goes to Harlan all the time from Lexington. That is a long drive. And at one point, Tim looks at him and goes, "God, Raylan, do you do that every week?" And Raylan just kind of laughs and goes, "Well, you know, like they're they're acknowledging, yeah, this is." a crazy long drive, even if they don't treat it like that in a lot of cases. But then, and then, um, in the first episode, there's a section where they're like, someone gets shot on a bridge on takes Creek road. And Walton Goggins <laughs> went to uh, Lexington and comic con one year. He said, and I went to his Q and a, cause I was real curious and he gets up there. He goes, okay, the first thing I've got to tell everybody Nobody else needs to tell me that there is no bridge on Tate's Creek Road, okay? Mm-hmm. Nobody else needs to tell me that. But, uh, you know, when it comes to – you can kind of shrug and be like, well, they got to make a TV show. But it, it, the thing that annoys me in terms of their, their shooting is they shot it in Northern California. They shot the pilot in Pennsylvania. It's like, guys, come on. Pennsylvania it, it, doesn't
0: look anything like Kentucky.
2: It would not have been hard. Honest to God, <laughs> it it really would not have – people would have been happy to – probably would have been happy to have you around if you had shot on location. But
0: Well, the thing is, though, Pennsylvania and Kentucky don't look that much alike. Kentucky has a very distinct look. Yeah,
2: and in the mountain – the mountain section is definitely different than the mountains in Pennsylvania, too. Yeah. But,
0: and and the other thing with the bridge thing though is like how hard is it to find a fucking road with the bridge in the town? Yeah,
2: garage? but well, like those are I'm picking out some stuff to to gripe about here because that's what you asked for. But honestly, the the character and the writing is so good that uh, you'll enjoy it. And season two, Mags Bennett is one of the best and scariest antagonists that I can think of. Uh, from a live-action TV show, like Mags Bennett is a scary antagonist.
0: How many episodes and, per season?
2: Um, About thir- thirteen.
0: Okay, 13. I can deal with that. I don't. I'm like, um, I know, I know that's a streaming thing, but like twenty-two to twenty-four episode seasons are like a no-go for me anymore because it's too. Now I'm going to preface season like...
2: five does not hit.
0: <laughs> go well, ahead, Matt. A, I'm sorry. That's a long so, way to go till
3: that's uh, generally like the tradition was like 22 to 24 episode seasons, but in more recent years, and I mean like the last like 20 years or so uh, it's down to like 13 Mm -hmm. for some shows. And honestly with like streaming services, Netflix and like, like it's largely like eight to 10 nowadays.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, And initially, like if you'd asked me that question like five years ago, I probably would have been like, I'm getting like, I'm getting cheated out of, content but i don't think so because nowadays i i don't feel like a lot of these shows the writing is usually strong enough to sustain it
0: i mean like honestly it, a lot of those netflix shows piss me off because <clears> like you did an eight episode season and four of them were filler come on guys like yeah that,
3: that really frustrates me and i i will say that there are some some seasons of justified where it's like filler and it's like guys you had 13 episodes you didn't have like yeah, you know, the old school yeah. like twenty two to twenty four, uh, and I, I, some shows are worse than others like the Netflix Marvel shows. Oh, were terrible. Mm-hmm. Daredevil, Luke Cage.
0: Because uh, like, Jessica Jones started off yeah. so good, and then he they had stupid David Tennant in that basement for like three episodes, and my wife's like, I can't that's, take this anymore. What that's actually that's <laughs> when I
2: punched out of Jessica Jones. Is I just just like I can't. I'm what? not doing it. He'd been
0: down those. in that basement for a couple episodes. And we're like, well, let's see how many episodes we have left. We had like three episodes left. I'm like, we can't do this anymore. And we just gave up.
2: <laughs> but yeah, they I... go ahead, Matt.
3: I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say like the only one of those shows that I feel like sustained it was a season three of daredevil, which I thought was fantastic.
0: I like the Punisher show. The Punisher show was different. <clears throat> <laughs>
3: Haven't seen that one yet. So I can't. it's very like, um,
0: it. there's kind of like an AA aspect of that one that I like. But I thought I thought Iron Fist was terrible, and like Luke Cage wasn't good.
2: Uh, what were we gonna say, Shan? Uh, what I was I was actually gonna pivot back on the Justified thing is mm-hmm. that there are in some seasons they do have some episodes that don't relate to kind of the overarching storyline. But I took that as it's like the Marshals do more than just pursue like Raylan's personal vendetta against people in his past so Mm -hmm. you know it's they have other cases they need to work on that's that's how i took it yeah and for the most part i enjoyed the show by and large as a whole um they there's some stuff like i said it's not perfect but it's also about the best representation of the area that you're going to find in mass media and one thing i really appreciated was at the beginning of the show um At the beginning of the show, Boyd Crowder has this uh, neo-Nazi skinhead gang. Well, as it turns out, what he's doing is he's recruiting neo-Nazis from out of state to come in, and then he sends them off to be distractions and end up getting killed. Like, they're Mm -hmm. cannon fodder. He has picked up neo-Nazis because they're dumb and easy to manipulate. Yeah. And he – so that – that's, first of all, a fun twist. Yeah.
3: My wife and I um, have been watching the season. We have one more to go. We've seen uh, seasons one through five, and there's uh, six seasons. Yeah. And that's something that Walt Goggins had actually in interviews has said that he didn't want the character to specifically be, like, just a racist. Mm-hmm. Um, it's And it's very – it's if you watch seasons two through five, it's like, yeah, it's like the, the racist Nazi stuff, like, doesn't even come up. Like, he's not – he's – He's a very morally compromised character, Boyd Crowder, yeah. but he is not – he he is not, like, racist in that way. Boyd he's, is
2: hmm? – uh, my read on him, and then I'm curious to hear your – my read is that Boyd is honestly too pragmatic to be racist against anybody because mm-hmm. he's like, I could be – if I was racist against somebody, then that means I might miss somebody of value. Mm-hmm. But – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you
3: off. Uh, that's fair.
2: Um, I think he's
3: a very complex character. He's very interesting, and Boyd Crowder like really, really does a good job with the character. It's probably like it might be his best work. I was just saying a lot because he, you know, he played Shane and uh, the Shield. hmm Um, I would agree with you. I haven't seen season six, but season five did not hit. Season six that's, is good. Uh, that's season five didn't hit probably because you have. New York born and raised Michael Rappaport doing the absolute worst Southern accent possible.
0: Oh, God, uh, really?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's, he's, he's
0: not now... You've convinced me i not terrible. watching the show.
2: He's, just to clarify, Michael, Michael Rappaport is not purported from being... He comes up from Florida. Mm.
0: Yeah, but I don't um, I don't like Michael Rappaport on general principles, so, like, you're really not selling me on that season.
2: Honestly... If you don't watch that season, you're not missing out on much. Like it, it the the follow up arc and that sort of stuff. It's it's not a. I mean, you miss some some fun stuff with Dewey Crow, but it, you're not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna hurt you awful bad. I, no, God, I need to go back and check about the um the other stuff because season five has some Detroit mob stuff in it too, doesn't it? Like, it's not all just the, the Crow family. is a, 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 Like, the Crow family is a big part, but I can't remember what the other piece to it is.
0: So do we want to hit Matt's final one? Yeah. Where are you going to take us, Matt? So I'm actually going to t- change
3: things up. I'm actually going to go historical fiction. Cool. Um, And I'm going uh, this way because my wife and I just finished the series. Uh-huh. Uh, and... I would say overall, because it has been very well plotted and well acted, uh, that it's kind of crept up there um, as one of my favorites. But if you've ever seen the Netflix show Last Kingdom.
0: It's on my to do list. No, well,
3: I, I recommend it. It's uh, based on a book series uh-huh. and there's like a lot of books in uh in the series it's it it was written by bernard cornwell who has done a lot
0: of oh yeah i've read his um um oh what was that? It? it's um it wasn't lost kingdom it was like i think it was like a saxon like historical fiction thing
3: uh well i mean last kingdom is based upon the saxon stories
0: it was like vikingy um
3: it, that that might have been last kingdom oh, or okay. one of the books one of the books in the series because the the kind of overall um, enemies of the show, and it's only like five seasons, uh, are the the Vikings, uh, really, aka the Danes. They are invaders from from the Danish, um, from Denmark, and it uh, this, the time period it takes place uh, is oh, kind yep, of I've, like
0: I read um I read The Last Kingdom and The Pale Horseman. Mm. so i have it, read some of those i need to get back it, to those those were good it
3: takes place in uh like the late 800s so you're talking about like over a thousand uh, years ago but the main character is uh utrid of bebenberg who is a saxon actually by birth and he the, the vikings uh basically invade england And they kind of start with Bevenberg and they take him, they kill his father, who was like the king, not the king, the leader of Bevenberg. And they take him as a hostage uh, when he's pretty young. And he gets raised basically as a Dane, initially as a slave, but the, the Danish family that he was taken as a slave for, hostage for, kind of grows to like really care for him. And he becomes essentially adopted into the family and raised as a Dane and starts to associate himself as a Dane. And then eventually, like they, you know, the they, the Danes like kind of like continue on with the invasion of, of Britain, raids to Britain, and through a sequence of events, he becomes kind of disenchanted with the Danes, uh, starts working with uh, the monarchy in Britain, and there's a whole lot of intrigue and other stuff that occurs uh, throughout the the series, and it at points get very very emotional. Um, this last season was. I thought a fascinating season because basically in every episode one, they kill off, (laughs) they kill off important characters from previous seasons. Like every episode, someone dies, someone important dies and it's like, Oh my God. And it's like, it's rough in that sense, but pretty much every, just about every major character of the entire four seasons gets like a resolution, Hmm. which is like, that's, that's unique for a show nowadays like they wrapped up storylines they gave characters like like finales and endings sometimes like heartbreakingly so but they they did do that and it's overall it's just a really really fantastic show um it's well acted uh there's not really a lot of characters that you would necessarily know they're like i think they're like with most uh like European shows. I think a lot of these guys came from like the British uh, or European stage. So, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they have a ton of uh, like actually like acting credits, like in terms of like film or television, but it's a fantastic show. Um, if you like, I can't say like Sword and Sorcery because it's not there's, it's realistically portrayed, even though it's not exactly historically accurate. Mm-hmm. it is presented in that kind of uh, medieval uh, style it's a it's just a fantastic show very well acted the last ep- the last episode was like in part a tearjerker Last, basically like the last part of the of the, the show the la- that last season because characters die and then they kind of they did like a flashback at times mm-hmm. to like what you saw scenes from from earlier seasons and it was like heavy hitting some of those scenes like there's a i won't spoil it but there's a character that that dies and they flash back to that person, that character's interactions with, with the main character Uhtred over the four seasons. And it just like, it's, it's almost like, it's like a gut punch because even though you kind of understood when that character died, um, it was rough because you saw, saw like how they progressed and and they didn't have like necessarily like the best life. Mm -hmm. And just going through all that, like the character work is, is pretty phenomenal. Like it's, it's just a very good show. Cool.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. So they're, gonna, they've,
3: oh. they've done five seasons of it. They're bringing it back for like a movie on
1: Netflix. So.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna throw out my honorable mention, which is just gonna be The Twilight Zone. I had another one, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> so uh Twilight Zone for me. Um,
2: we have me. gone in depth. That's why
0: I I it was in my top five. I'm like, yeah, we we've we've talked yeah. about that.
2: Um, The other honorable mention I had, because I already hit the first one, but the other one I had is – I'm going to give two names here, but it's because these two names have the the same main characters in them, but it's going to be Top Gear and the Grand Tour with Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May. I I have said uh, in an episode before, it's like I'm not a car guy, but I like cars, and the the three of these guys – talking about cars that are, you know, that's fun, you know, getting to see them drive it, and then the goofy shenanigans that they get up to as part of it. Just the whole thing together appeals to me quite a bit, and, um, you know, I, I have a lot of fun uh, watching their stuff. I'm rather grumpy with the BBC for the BBC has made watching the Top Gear stuff before the three of them left as impossible as they well, didn't, they can.
0: Didn't, isn't there some like weird thing against one of them? That's like not even really, it's kind of a dubious quality and they've kind of, um, unpersoned the show.
2: Yeah. Well, when they fired, they fired Clarkson, Jeremy Clarkson for, uh, punching a producer. But mm-hmm. the full story is he punched his producer at the end of like a 14 hour filming day when they were like, there. The producer was in charge of like, okay at the end of this you know we're gonna need like hot food and some place for these guys to warn that sort of stuff and he showed up with a tent with one space heater and cold sandwiches for him,
0: I would punch him and, too.
2: and he got punched and then so they they fired Jeremy Clarkson and then May and Hammond left and then they tried to there has been another vendetta with Clarkson involved, and I'm not exactly sure what it is, but you know, basically I, Amazon I, was like, hey, why don't you just come do your show for us?
0: I generally do not support when people do things like that, but that's that's straight-up abusive, and I kind of think he was justified in punching the guy.
2: It's, I, I cannot say for certain if I would have. But as Chris Rock says, I understand. Yeah. Um, and that's a thing that would be like, all right, you know, we've got to have like some re- uh, recompense for this. But I would not fire the lead host of the most popular show in the world over if, it. But like, they've been wanting to get rid of him for years anyway. But, but that was if, still if, a dumb move.
0: If you've been if you've been running them through the ringer for 14 hours, like, is it that hard to get like? something like get them decent food instead of like, some cold cuts
2: there's a there's a, a theory floating around that it was a setup but the the folks the, the like bbc had been wanting to get rid of clarkson for years anyway but he was just too popular um and then they they got their excuse to do it and went with it so
0: i get i I can get real mean if i get super hungry so i might have punched yeah i'm just gonna yeah
2: it's it's
0: i'm not gonna take the high road on there because (laughs) i I can be a real i can be a real jackass if i'm hungry
2: yeah i i like i said i don't know if i would have i can't swear i would or wouldn't but i totally get it
0: because like uh... they put me on an oral steroid once and like I would get hungry, and I would just get so angry. I'm like, why am I bad? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not talking oh, yeah. about. I'm not talking about like what you think of anger. I'm talking about black, like just yeah. rage. You
1: see,
2: like, you see up. red, and yes. yeah, I I have been on steroids before, and it was one of those things where I warned everybody around me that they was being put on. St- when I I first tore my shoulder up, they gave me steroids for the the inflammation. And I told everybody I was going to be in contact with regularly. I'm like, look, I'm on a round of steroids for the next two weeks.
0: Because it's spikes, so, it, it tanks your blood sugar, and you just, like, you get hungry real quick. And, like, it just, like, I would just go straight.
2: And, well, anywhere. and it spikes your testosterone, too. So you combine those, and that's going to be a grumpy yeah. combination. And
0: I warn people if they go out, I'm like, just warning you, like, you might get pissed off.
2: Yeah. But anyway, um... I enjoyed the style of humor they have. I enjoy the way that they they you know enjoy talking about stuff and talking to people about cars and and all that. So they have there's a fun episode where they go um, down the Blue Ridge Parkway and then go at, buy a bunch of NASCAR tracks in America. Um, there, there's a lot of really fun stuff they do that I've enjoyed. There, the trip to find the source of the Nile special they did is one of my favorites because it is going across Africa in second-hand, um, basically, station wagons. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Like, the the guys are very – there's a reason it, it was the most popular show in the world. The guys are very good at what they were doing. So there you go. That's my honorable mention.
0: So, Matt, do you, you have an honorable mention?
3: I've, I've actually given some honorable mentions, so I'm going to just
2: leave it at that. Okay. All right. Fair enough.
0: Well, I'd say that is it for this episode.
2: Yep. I think it is. Uh, thank you, everybody, out there for being with us for this. Um, if you liked any of our picks, we'd love to hear from you on social media. Or if you dislike, you know what? We just like to hear from you on social media in general. So, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. And so, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time.